The following program is sponsored by the Jelinski Advisory Group, which is solely responsible for its content. The opinions expressed by Josh Jelinski should not be construed as specific investment legal or tax advice. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. Investing may involve the risk of loss of principal. Any tax advice on this show is not intended to be used by any person for the purpose of avoiding U.S. federal or state tax penalties that may be imposed on such person. And each listener should seek advice from their tax advisor or legal counsel on topics that arise from the show. Josh Jelinski is not providing legal or tax advice. Nothing should be construed as solicitation of an offer to buy securities. Throughout the show, Cash Value Life Insurance is referred to as a tax-free financial vehicle based on the following tax attributes. Income tax-free death benefit, tax-deferred accumulation of policy values, and tax-free access to basis. Policy loans in excess of basis are income tax-free so long as the policy remains in force. This assumes the policy is not a modified endowment contract. Loans taken directly from the policy will reduce the death benefit. Securities offered through American Portfolios Financial Services, APFS, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services through Wealth Quarterback, LLC, WQ, APFS, and WQ are unaffiliated entities. Tired of losing money in the stock market roller coaster? Frustrated with the government taxing you into oblivion? Worried about inflation? How do you prepare for so many financial uncertainties? Welcome to the show that will help you develop your game plan. The Financial Quarterback with Josh Jelinski. Josh is a noted financial advisor and president of the Jelinski Advisory Group. And he's here to answer your questions. Now, let's kick off your financial future. Here's Josh Jelinski. On the January 6th, Kevin O'Leary edition. So tell all of your friends, good morning. I'm Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. And live today, we have for you Kevin O'Leary, famed investor, entrepreneur, and shark of Shark Tank. So if you have any questions for Kevin, you can call us now. The TV phenomenon and also world, uh, now world famous, you know, books. We're going to give away one of his free books to those of you who schedule and keep your no obligation appointment. Give us a call, 888-988-JOSH. Good morning, Kevin O'Leary. Great to be here. Thank you. Great to to have you. So you're everybody's favorite shark or most hated shark, depending on who you talk to. But I was thinking about this getting a, um, into the shower. You're actually the most compassionate shark because you kill a lot of bad ideas. And I don't think people realize how bad some of these ideas are. Uh, talk about talk about the worst idea you've ever heard as a shark. Well, you know, I get a lot of grief from people for just telling them the truth. And, you know, this mean shark thing and people come up to the airport and say, why are you so mean to these people? You know, in business, it's black and white. Either you make money, you lose it. And there's nothing worse to see someone come on the show, pitch an idea that has no merit, that's going to go bankrupt with certainty, have all the other sharks tell them, I'm not going to invest, but you keep going. Well, I don't think that's being very fair at all. I'd rather say, look, this thing is going to zero. Take it behind the barn and shoot it now and save your family a lot of grief. And, you know, yeah. for, for saying that, I take a lot of heat. But frankly, I'm not going to change because truth in business is what it's all about. Well, I think that's compassion, too. You know, even even the Bible says, speak the truth in love. 
I, I heard you were also, I was watching some investor. Are you really that versed in all of these other areas? I mean, one, one, one show they were calling you Maple Man. Uh, are, were you really into maple syrup or was that shtick? No, I actually was an investor in maple syrup. Maple syrup is a very interesting commodity. Its price is controlled um, in in an area called Magog of uh, of Quebec. And so Vermont has been forever trying to increase the prices of maple syrup. It's never going to happen because the guys in Quebec make 90% more of it. They decide what it's going to be priced at. But I know this stuff because I'm a global investor. I'm chairman of O-Shares. Um, we're an ETF company. I invest in pretty well every asset class. And so, you know, that's what I do for a living. So commodities and things like maple syrup, yeah, I've spent time doing and working in that area. And I enjoy being, you know, a generalist. And that's what I think I am. But, you know, in, the, in, in Shark Tank, where we take ideas and we use the platform where there's tens of millions of people watching it, that's a whole different kettle of fish. You know, these are very risky investments. We don't always get it right. But when we get it right, it pays for a lot of mistakes. I mean, I just sold um, plated to Albertsons last month for $300 million. That's a Shark Tank deal. That's the biggest exit ever on Shark Tank. Shows you the power of the show now. Wow. It's, uh, it is so powerful. So what was that deal? What was it called? Plate it? Well, if you remember, there was a big announcement a few months ago where Amazon bought Whole Foods. Hmm. And that changed the game for everybody in the grocery business. And here's why. With over 3,000 Whole Foods, what Amazon's going to do is if you want to order a salmon dinner, they'll deliver it right from the Whole Foods near you. So Albertson saw that happen and said, uh-oh, we got to compete. And so, you know, there's a bunch of companies. One's called Blue Apron. It went oh, public. Oh, plated. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember them now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so they ship you your food, and you know, and so Albertson said, well, we need that platform. They've got the logistics in Chicago, on the West Coast, East Coast, et cetera, and uh, – $300 million. Those two guys you know, started on Shark Tank 24 months earlier with practically nothing, and now they're sharks themselves. Well, as you, as you say, what is it? It's the most powerful incubator for venture capital in the world right now. It really is. You get you get some crazy. Even the, even the failed ideas, that maple syrup guy, I don't think he walked away with the deal. But I was in a store this summer, and we bought his maple syrup... Uh, you know, he had some cotton candy thing for our kids because my wife's all into organic uh, crap for the kids. You know, she doesn't let them have real cotton candy. But th th this guy's cotton candy was pretty good. I don't know if he's doing well now or not. Do you ever? Did you ever hear? Well, I remember why he didn't get the deal because I never forget a deal. His valuation was too high. He's in a commodity. There's no pricing power. I was interested in it. There were other sharks because I like things that are recession proof. People are going to put maple syrup on their pancakes, whether the market goes up or down. doesn't matter who the president is. Maple syrup's maple syrup. The problem is he priced it too high. It was, it was impossible for the investor to make money. And so that's something people have to realize. If you don't leave anything on the table for the guy that's taking on the financial risk, why should he give you any money? And that was the problem with that deal. I remember it specifically. I was very interested in it, which is why I called myself Maple Man, because I actually understood how his business ran. I could have been an amazing partner, but I wanted three times more equity than he was offering because it's a huge risk. Now, what's with the royalty deals? Uh, you know, we're an, we're an investing show. So uh, all all these people watch probably say, why does he, he offer all these royalty deals? Because he's smart. So let me explain how this works. Let's say you're running a company with your family and 
you don't have any other investors. A good example of that would have been Wicked Good Cupcakes, the first royalty deal in Shark Tank history. So here's a family that makes cupcakes. They're not making any money. They come on Shark Tank. I'm the only investor interested. But what's the point of getting 5% of a family business that make cupcakes, makes cupcakes? There's no way I'm ever going to get liquid. The better structure was to say, look, let's align our interests. I want to help you sell more cupcakes. You're now getting on Shark Tank. We can turn this into the number one cupcake company in America, which is exactly what we did. But I want to make a bucket jar, because remember, they were putting cupcakes in the, in the mason jars. And after I get my 75000 back or whatever it is I invested, I think it was that, then it's going to drop to 45 cents. That means they have to sell 75,000 jars, and they were selling like a few hundred a week. So I took a huge chance. When that thing aired on Shark Tank, I got my money back in 28 days. And ever since then, that was four years ago, every time a jar sells, I get 45 cents. Am I interested in helping them sell? You bet your booties. They own 100% of the business. They're both multimillionaires now. And 23 family members work there. It's an American success story. Everybody's interested aligned. And, you know, the Sharks were saying, oh, gee, Kevin O'Leary wants royalty deals. Now every single one of them copies me. Exactly. And by the way, mo- most people don't realize business development corporations is a huge asset class that basically does similar things. Uh, you know, do you have an O-share for that? O-shares are designed to get baskets of stocks. Let me give you an example. You know, I'm, I'm, um, I'm a very conservative investor with, with my capital. Once I make it, I want to put it away. I don't want to lose it. I want to get paid a dividend. My mother had this old adage. She said, never spend the principal, just the interest. That was her whole shtick. And she died a very wealthy woman. She had a secret account she hid from both of her husbands. And I was the older brother and I was the executor. And, you know, when the lawyer called me, I called up my brother said, Shane, you're not going to believe this. Mom is filthy rich. And who knew that? But she only invested in telco bonds and large cap stocks. So I did some research. Over the 50 years she had that portfolio, 70% of the returns in the market came from dividends not capital appreciation. That's what people don't realize. Dividends are where all the returns are 70% of the time. So from that moment on, I became an investor that only invests in dividend-paying stocks. And that's the whole philosophy of O-shares. It's to find the companies that are growing cash flows, have high return on assets. So if you look at the S&P 500 right now, the majority of those stocks are, I think, not good investments. There's 150 out of the 500, which I think are good, and that's what's inside OUSA. It's an ETF I built. Same thing with other ETFs I built. I'm all about quality and dividend yield. No, that, that's important to realize because the average index fund has a lot of crap in it. And and usually the people picking it out are a computer or, or they're just going by market capitalization. And the average investor doesn't know about that. You want to shed light on that a little bit? Um, flush that out? Yeah, that's for, a for very people. interesting observation because the very first ETFs were market cap weighted. That meant the bigger companies had more share of the portfolio. Let me give you an example that I find absolutely fascinating. Once in a lifetime opportunity here, we've got a change in the corporate tax rate down from 39 to 21. So I thought to myself, who's going to benefit from that? Can I find the companies in America that have 100% of their revenue in America. Because if you look at the S&P 500, our big companies, 47% of their sales are abroad. So their actual effective tax rate is about 22%. They're not gonna get a major benefit. But inside the Russell 2000 index, there's 2000 companies. Unfortunately, the majority of them don't make any money. So I went back to FTSE Russell and said, 
how many companies inside your FTSE Russell 2000 actually make money? And would you build an index of just those ones? That's what we're talking about, these new creative indexes. And they said, yeah, 339 of the 2000 actually have their revenue in the United States and make money and pay the high tax rate. That's OUSM. That's what I own today. I've never owned mid-cap, small-cap stocks. Dividend yields over 3%. They all make money, and their cash flows are going to go up 15 to 20% because in this calendar year, their tax rates are going to drop. There was one holding in there called Cirrus, which no one's ever heard of, pays 39% tax in the healthcare industry. It's dropping down to 21. Their cash flows are going up 20%. Who knew? So for me, that's the most exciting part of investing in America today. Find those companies that are benefiting from the Trump tax cut. Mm. And we're going to get more of your take on who will benefit from the Trump tax cuts with O'Shares founder Kevin O'Leary, also uh, creating a new app called Bean Stocks. You want to check that out at B-E-A-N-S-T-O-X. You can download it. I downloaded it yesterday. It's a free app, as always. Uh, we're not recommending you buy or sell anything over the airwaves. We'll be back after these messages with Kevin O'Leary. And if you call us for no obligation review, we'll give you Kevin O'Leary's latest book at no charge, 888-988-JOSH. When you schedule and keep your no obligation review, 888-988-JOSH. We'll be back after these messages. Tax-deferred vehicles such as 401ks and IRAs sound good up front. But did you realize that when you retire, you'll have to pay taxes on all your earnings? You can legally minimize your taxes when you withdraw retirement funds with tax-free IRAs and other tax-favored accounts. Call the Jelinski Advisory Group now at 888-988-JOSH. That's 888-988-JOSH to learn how you could enjoy a higher standard of living with these tax-favored accounts. Make sure you don't get blindsided by taxes on your retirement plans. Call Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, now for a complimentary one-hour consultation to empower your financial decisions. Leave your checkbook at home. They will not sell anything at this meeting, but they'll educate you on your many options in retirement. In fact, if you call right now for one of the complimentary no-fee tax-fighting reviews, they will give you a copy of the book Tax-Free Retirement as a free gift if you call within the next three minutes. Call 888-988-JOSH. That's 888-988-JOSH. Now let's get back in the huddle with the financial quarterback. Was that was that no, a we, we think, PR spin? We think, what was that? No, no. We think it happened in season one when we were doing a, a, you know, a tape with, um, you know, just starting to check the show out. So like a pilot. And I just met Barbara Cochran and we were getting into a fight about something. And she said, well, aren't you just Mr. Wonderful? And I said, you know what? Yeah, I am. I'm the only one here telling the truth. And so that kind of stuck. And now the only reason Barbara gets anywhere in America is I bought her a new broom. <laughs> now, you and Barbara have a unique uh, chemistry. Of all the contestants, uh, I, I think, well, why do you think that is stood the test of time? You know, she, she's, a very <laughs> she's, a, she's a very interesting woman. She's, you know, self-made. She's, she's a New know, Yorker, right, from our uh, yep. from our neck of the woods? Hardcore. She's hardcore New Yorker, downtown gal. I, I, you know, whenever I'm in town, she'll make dinner for me, and she's terrific. You know, I, I like her, but we don't agree on a lot of stuff when it comes to Shark Tank. 
She doesn't look at the hard numbers. She's more of an emotional investor. I think that's a huge mistake. And everybody's got their own style. But the one thing you can't criticize about a shark, every single one of them made it on their own in a different sector. I got to respect that. Damon in the clothing business, Robert in security software, you know, Cuban's done stuff in technology. These guys have made it on their own. So you got to respect their opinions, but you don't have to agree with them. I practically never agree with them on valuation or structure. And I think that's why the show's interesting. Everybody has their own opinion. Sure. Bar- yeah, Barbara always goes with her gut. And then sometimes you're like, is she ever going to get her money back with these? You know, she, you, you can tell she feels sorry for these. I mean, she's had some good deals, though. though uh, but, you know, it, she it's has, more of an intuitive thing. With Portfolio. Her. you got to have a lot of deals because you never know what's going to work. You, know, you get a plated deal, you get $300 million, it pays for all your mistakes. But, you know, frankly, the ones I think are going to be the best ones never work out that way. You just never know. But at least I like to have the analysis of what's it worth, how much cash is it spin off, what multiple am I going to pay? I don't do this emotional from the cuff stuff. You know, and I always say to Lori and Barbara, why are you encouraging these people to go on? You know, why are you? Because you're not going to write a check. And you keep telling me, go back to work. I can't write your check. You keep going. I say, stop doing that and find something else that's going to work. We don't agree. We fight it out. That's just the way it is. Sort of like when you're dating, people would say, oh, let's just be friends. You know, they're just trying to be nice. And then, you know, and then the people are still hopeful because they said a good comment to them. But, yeah, it's it's very difficult, I'm sure, to do what you do. Now, what is uh, what, what's on tap for for Kevin O'Leary? Any any more? Uh, I mean, how many more seasons can you guys do this? I think the day you guys oh, hang up will be sad. Yeah, but you think you think about most shows only last five years. We're going into our 10th season and the show keeps getting bigger and the deal's bigger. It is. My thing for 2018 is I'm all about financial literacy. I've taken to the road. I'm teaching at places like Harvard, MIT, Temple, Notre Dame. I'm going to see these graduating classes, and I'm saying, look, guys, you have done a great job getting to where you are today, and we've taught you everything from math to reading when you were young and whatever discipline you pursued in college. But what blows me away is not one of them knows how to invest for their future. It just knocks me out. We get guys coming out of engineering cohorts that don't know how to buy a stock or a bond for their future. It's insane. That's the whole Beanstalk story. So what I did there is I created an app that helps people learn how to invest, even if they've only got two bucks. It's fractional share ownership. You know, I'm telling these students, take whatever you can save Take 10% of whatever you're making it, whether it's a gift from your grandmother or you've got a part-time job, take 10%, download the app and start learning how to invest. Buy a stock, buy, you know, an ETF, buy whatever you want, but learn what, how this works because the average salary in America is only $52,000 a year. If you took 10% of that when you started working in your early 20s, by the time you're 65, given the market gives you 6 to 7% a year, you'd have $1.2 million in the bank. And yet over half the people in America never saved anything or invested. I want to change that. That's my new thing. I'm focusing on financial literacy, crisscrossing the country. I'm talking about beanstalks. The networks are getting behind it. We really want to change the way people take care of their own future. I want them to do this. And the SEC, which is great about this, has allowed fractional share ownership. So now this is terrific. If you can't afford a share of Apple because it's 170 bucks, buy 20 bucks of Apple. Get a piece of it. Learn about it. No, fantastic. And you also have a Beanstalks $1 million give back program. You want to talk about that? 
Yeah, the idea is to get you some dollars in, you know, you sign up and you start investing. I want you to have something to work with right out of the gate. This thing is about getting people motivated to learn. What I found about millennials or anybody else with a cell phone these days, if if you use that device and it's with you all the time, and what I people tell me that use Beanstalks, they can't stop checking their portfolio every day because it's live quotes. So if they if they buy an ETF or they buy some stocks, they love looking at it go up and down, pay the dividend, you see the cash coming to your phone. I think that's very important that people engage with understanding what they're doing. And so my incentive with the million dollar giveaway was to say, okay, the first hundred thousand dollar accounts, let's put ten bucks in there and start investing. I don't care if you put two bucks in, fifty cents. I don't care. Learn about investing because it's the way you can protect yourself for financial future. I'm so worried about people that end up. You know, people say, I'm scared about investing. I'll tell you what's scary, getting into your 60s and not having a portfolio to actually live off when you stop working. That's a nightmare. Yeah, people always want to know, how do, how do I start? I always tell them, save 10 to 15% of your pay. Even, even if, you, if you look at people, uh, the Chinese are a great example of savers. Many of them, don't uh, for, for years, didn't put any money in the stock market, but they would have hordes of cash. Now they're starting to be turned on the stock market, and the Chinese stock market's kind of on fire uh, lately with Chinese Internet stocks. But, you know, generally speaking, uh, you know, if, if you save 10 to 15% of your pay, even it's if it's in cash, you're going to do a lot better than those who don't. And and anybody can start out uh, from humble beginnings. So uh, what are what is your uh, you we talked about the Trump tax plan? You said you like small caps. What, where do you see seeing opportunities in light of the Trump tax plan? Because they're selective. Uh, you know, it's it's not you know it's not a uh, a carte blanche thing. So what what would no, you you're say right about are some that. opportunities? You know, I've spent a lot of time uh, before the plan was implemented trying to sort of second guess what would happen because there were a lot of different ideas on how this would work. Now that we know with certainty, all the accounting firms are doing the same thing. The, the, the major beneficiaries of this are companies that have all of their revenues in the United States. In other words, if you're a company that's a manufacturer in California and you're selling your product stateside, you're paying the maximum tax somewhere close to 39%. And then all of a sudden, starting this quarter, that drops to 21%. So you've now got 20% more free cash to deploy in the business. You have to start thinking about what are those companies going to do? Are they going to increase wages, which is great for consumer stocks? Are they going to buy back their shares, which is good for you as a shareholder? Are they going to invest in R&D and make better products? It's all good. But the major beneficiaries are trying to find those companies that are all stateside, all domestic. The majority of them are going to be found inside the FTSE Russell 2000, but the majority of the the Russell 2000 has two big problems. One, they have no return on assets, 0.1%, which is terrible, and they make no money. That's why most people don't invest in small cap stocks because they don't want to do the work to look at every balance sheet out of 2,000 companies every 90 days. And that's why it's better to go back to the originator of the index, FTSE Russell themselves, and say, hey, guys, you created the FTSE Russell 2000. How about you build an index that just has the profitable companies? And they did. It's called OUSM. And it just has the ones that make money. It's like buying the Russell 2000. No, I I love that idea. 
You know, you know, John, yeah. John Malden, we had him on, I don't know, six to nine months ago. We did a, a big seminar with him. Would love to do one with you if you want to, uh, you know, spread your financial literacy across and, and to a packed house. He brought up the Russell and he said, you know, uh, he, he used that stat all over the place. He said to just buy indiscriminate indexes is like putting three quarters of your money, uh, into, uh, a financial graveyard. So that that's interesting that you came up with that. I think it's a great idea, actually, and and one that's, well, that's uh, very the, actionable. That's what's happening. That's the that's the art of now the the reindexing is to say to these big companies that have a hundred researchers, find me the companies that make money, build an index that I want to invest in, and that's what they did. So I I, I love that idea. They did it for Europe. They did it for Asia. These are all indices. These are new generation. They call them smart beta or rules-based or active managed, whatever you want to call them. It's like taking a great manager. Let's say you had a great European manager, and he, that person only invested in companies with a high return of assets, low leverage, and paid dividends. Well, instead of hiring that person for, let's say, 1% a year, you can get an index that you only pay 48 basis points, half the price. And that's OEUR. That's another one. That's you know a European index from FTSE Russell. OASI is their index for Asia. Same idea. But what I like about these new indexes is they're focused on active management. They're focused on quality. There's all kinds of different ways to cut the, you know, these, the, the traditional FTSE Russell, as you said, Two-thirds of those don't make any money. I don't want to own them. That is a graveyard for cash. Mm, yeah, fantastic uh, opportunity. Now, more on the Trump tax one. Any problems you see coming on the horizon with the stock market? I mean, things are well, overvalued, you know, Fang Man and all those other ones. But there's, you know. Yeah, there's always the concern that, you know, when you think about valuation, that it's stretched. But you have to think of it in context of what competes for that capital. People ask me every day, you know, why don't I just buy 30-year bonds? Well, the trouble with that is it's less than a 3% return, and that's about it, versus a dividend yield on the S&P right now of as much as 2.4%, depending on which stocks you buy. So I still say equities are interesting, but diversification is your only free lunch. I have a very simple rule, never more than 5% in any one stock. Never more than 20% in any one sector. And that has worked for me for years. Thank you so much, Kevin O'Leary, Shark Tank, Mr. Wonderful. Uh, great to have you on. If uh, if you can stay, we, we, may want, we may be able to take more calls. So uh, you can talk to my producer uh, after we get on. 888-988-JOSH, folks. 888-988-JOSH. We'll be back after these messages with your questions. Tax-deferred vehicles such as 401ks and IRAs sound good up front. But did you realize that when you retire, you'll have to pay taxes on all your earnings? You can legally minimize your taxes when you withdraw retirement funds with tax-free IRAs and other tax-favored accounts. Call the Jelinski Advisory Group now at 888-988-JOSH. That's 888-988-JOSH to learn how you could enjoy a higher standard of living with these tax-favored accounts. Make sure you don't get blindsided by taxes on your retirement plans. Call Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback now, for a complimentary one-hour consultation to empower your financial decisions. Leave your checkbook at home. They will not sell anything at this meeting, but educate you on your many options in retirement. In fact, if you call right now for one of the complimentary, no-fee, tax-fighting reviews, they will give you a copy of the book, 
tax-free retirement as a free gift if you call within the next three minutes. Call 888-988-JOSH. That's 888-988-JOSH. Now, let's get back in the huddle with a financial quarterback. I was one time at a party thrown by Anthony Scaramucci, and Mark Cuban was there. And, you know, he was he's a pretty fun, down-to-earth guy. But he said he was very, uh, you could almost tell he was disturbed by his uh, sort of celebrity status. Everybody kept coming up to him and asking him about telling him about their ideas. And he was like, it's just a show. <laughs> do, you, do you get do you get that way sometimes? I mean, I'm sure everybody has their their pet idea. They come up to you when you're with your family. I get a lot of people stopping me and pitching me, but I tell them the same thing all the time. You shouldn't do this because by doing this, you'll never get on Shark Tank. Because if you solicit a shark, when you actually you know, go to the producers later and say, I want to bring this idea on Shark Tank, they'll make you sign a, an agreement that says you've never talked to a shark about it. So we've had this happen on the show where I'll be sitting there and someone will walk out and I realize, oh, this guy wasn't honest with the producers. He's pitched me before. And I say, guys, I'm sorry, but I know this guy. And and so we we the, the reason Shark Tank works is the process of discovery. We don't want to know about the deal, just like you don't know when you're watching it we learn together and that's how it works so i tell people you know and, and the ones who are listening to me right now don't pitch me because you'll never get on the show and a lot of these ideas deserve to be on shark tank and you get the 10 million eyeballs it's the best you know infomercial in the world sure and, and why would why would people give why would you give the idea you could steal it unless you're signing a non-compete non-disclosure agreement you could take that idea and i'm sure they're not I doing that I, I don't I don't do that, but you're right. I mean, the whole idea is if you're going to if you have a great idea and there's been so many good ones over the years on Shark Tank, save it, bring it, let the whole world see it and then get a shark to back you. Because believe me, we put money into good ideas. That's what the show is wonderful about. You can tell that, you know, when a great deal comes on there, there's a big competition recently. And one of the most interesting we've ever seen was the kid from the DR um, with Benji Locke. I don't know if you saw that episode. He was no, actually. No, it's really interesting. He came from the Dominican Republic. Um, A-Rod was on the show that day, so he really connected with him. And he had a job in 2008 in real estate and got fired in the recession. He was depressed. He went to the gym and he saw that they were always snapping the locks off because people would lose their keys or their combinations. And so the guys would come out from the locker room with big cutters and chop the lock off. And he thought to himself, why hasn't anybody made a lock that uses biometric fingerprint technology to open it? You just touch the lock and it would open because it would know your fingerprint. You would think every lock company in the world would have patented that years ago, but they hadn't. So this kid spent three years getting a patent to do that. He came on Shark Tank a few months ago. Everybody went nuts. And I said to him, listen, kid, you're not going to build a new lock company. You're, you need a guy that knows how to do license deals to go to every lock company in the world and license your patent to them. So he chose me, and already that it started, we're going to CES next week. We've got Hampton Locks out of California for the North American market. We're cutting a deal for South America. We've got Europeans interested. This thing's going to be huge. So he's already got his first royalty check. He got $100,000 last week. He had no money. His wife was a teacher. They got three kids. They're barely having, you know, making ends meet. And bingo, Shark Tank, he'll be filthy rich, and he should be. He's an American inventor. It's the dream coming true for him. 
And it's going to be one of the biggest Shark Tank deals ever. And it was, wasn't even a company. It was just a patent idea. And it just shows you. The CEO of Hampton Locks, Kim Kelly's his name, said, I saw it on Shark Tank. I had to have it. Bingo. That's how it works. It's a brilliant idea. I uh, and and I've watched. I thought I've watched every episode. I missed that one. You know. You know what I love about Shark Tank, and I don't know if you've had anything to do with this. You can watch virtually every episode on demand. So when my wife and I put our five kids to bed, you know, we don't have time to watch uh, shows in real time anymore. You know, one of the few shows this was years ago that was really like with it with on demand was Shark Tank. And you could get virtually, you know, every episode of that season. Now they make you pay for the previous seasons. But but that's what I love about it. And the CNBC reruns, too. I mean, that's probably a syndication, uh, you know, blessing. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot well, of people are watching CNBC, it on CNBC. CNBC has been a good friend of the show. But, of course, they're all about business. So I think it's terrific. I mean, we celebrate American entrepreneurship. That's what we're doing. And we're trying to help companies get started and people create jobs. And we've done it over and over and over again. There's so many different deals in every sector of the economy in every state. I mean, I've got over 44 companies now that are private. Some of them came from Shark Tank. Some of them came from people that came to me. But I've, you know, I've got a massive portfolio. And I got a guy named Alex Kenji running it. And, you know, this year we're going to bring all our CEOs down to Miami Beach. Every year we have a symposium. And I'll tell you what's amazing and, and what we're going to be focusing on this year. Not some of my returns. All of my returns have come from the companies run by women. And I'm saying, well, what is it these women are doing? Because it's across every state and every sector. Why don't we learn from what they're doing so the guys that I've invested in can make me some money, too? Because I haven't made any big returns from guys yet. I made it all from the women. And as an old adage, you want something done, give it to a busy mother. I'm totally behind that idea now. Now, that's fantastic. Well, what about Plated? Weren't they guys? They were. were. And Plated was one example. But even Plated hasn't caught up to all the money I've made with the other companies. So it's, you know, mm. the majority has come from women. Plated was a unique buyout. And it was a one-time monster deal. I get it. But the companies that are sending me checks every month, Every month, look at Wicked Good Cupcakes, couple of women. Look at Sarah Mongolis at Honey Fund. Every month, I get a whopping check. That's the kind of deal I like. Yeah, and and you, what do you call it, Mr. Wonderful's line of, I don't know, goodness? I, it's not called that, but what's what's the special name you have? You've well, agreed? we call it the Wonderful Platform, where all the companies share their customers, and we offer promotions to each other to get our customer acquisition costs down. But when you're on the wonderful platform, you're part of all of those companies that have an investment from me. And we basically share the data. And it's worked out for all of us because, you know, if you're selling cupcakes it's, and, and, you want, and you're getting married, which is what Sarah Mongolis does, she does the Honey Fund. Most people in America have heard of it. She's the number one index. If you're going to buy a gift for somebody on their honeymoon, I was saying to her a couple of years ago, you know, Sarah, we support all these people getting married. But what about all the ones getting divorced? 50% of the people that we supported just 36 months ago are now getting divorced. Why aren't we doing a divorce fund? So supporting which side you really like so that when you're getting divorced, you can buy a gift for the person that's separated. And it's been a bigger hit than Honey Fund. And the number one reason people get divorced, I've learned through this, is not infidelity. It's money. One of the couples overspent. They were spend the holics. They got the couple into debt. Money is the number one reason people get divorced. 
And then you can provide a financial literacy campaign to, to heal those marriages. You know, yeah, people don't realize that Jesus talked more about money than he did about God. Isn't that interesting? You know, pe- people, uh, I've heard that adage or, or the book of Proverbs, you know, money destroys a lot of relationships. So maybe you with your financial literacy campaign can put a lot back together and heal marriages. So uh, the I, most I, I try, and, I try and tell people, why do you have to buy all that crap you don't need? Every time you buy something, think about how you're killing money. You could have invested it. Most of the crap in your closet you don't wear anymore. The whole key is you got a society. All the businesses in it are trying to extract cash and trying to sell you crap you don't need. Just say no. You can definitely spend 10% less than you did last year. That's easy to do. Take that money, invest it, make 6 7% a year on it. That's my whole thing. That's what financial literacy is about. Why are you paying $4 for a coffee that costs 18 cents to make? What are you, nuts? Why don't you save that? Make your own coffee or boil some water and make some tea. Don't be crazy spending that kind of money when you can't afford it. Sure. And you, could, you know what my best cup of coffee is? The one in my, you know, 1999 Chemex knockoff that I bought from Walmart. That's my best cup of coffee. Better than any Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts. So, yeah, you you can always, uh, and, and it doesn't have to be inferior either. It can be uh, a good coffee, too. So what are some other, as we as we wrap up, you gave our listeners, and I commend you, to some tremendous I don't even think they realize all the wisdom you gave them in the last, you know, 30, 40 minutes. Uh, conclude with a couple more nuggets of wisdom. I mean, your, your adage about invest no more than 5% in any one company, I follow that myself. I tell all my clients that. That's a brilliant uh, adage that's simple and everybody can understand. Name, name a couple more as we let you go. Well, always make sure you're getting return of capital. You know, I tell people, if you think about five things you want to do, you want to pay your debts as fast as you can, whether it's college, whether it's a mortgage, get rid of it. Do a little test on what I call the 90 day number, just on a piece of paper, put all your sources of income and all of the ways you spent money over a three month period. Cause that kind of tells what you're about. You can't do it for three, for one month, you've got to do it for three. If you're bringing in more than you're spending, you're okay. If it's the reverse, if you're spending more than you're bringing in, you're screwed because you're putting it on credit card debt. Eliminate one expense. There's got to be something in your life you can get rid of, whether it's the coffee we talked about or some other habits you've got that you shouldn't have. Start investing because a lot of people don't. And I have this idea that my mother taught me called money karma. It's It's sort of you got to give some back. When you finally get to a point where you've paid all your debts off, I don't know, take two, three, four, I use the 5% rule, and give it back to a charity that you support. It's just money karma. It's good. It makes you feel better, but it's also important in the big scheme of things. If you're lucky enough to be a successful investor, you got to give some back. That's fantastic. So thank you for giving back to our listeners today. Yeah, I always tell people, uh, you know, tithe, you know, give 10%. And, you know, you say give five, but but the principle remains And any successful entrepreneur or person that I've met who's a skilled investor has some regular practice of giving and giving back sometimes even before they start receiving. So great tip. We'll be back after these messages. Thank you, Kevin O'Leary of Shark Tank and 
if you schedule your no-obligation second opinion on your money with the financial quarterback, Josh Jelinski, I will throw in a copy of his latest book. Whatever uh, book, Kevin O'Leary book you want, we'll, we'll give it to you at no charge. When you schedule and keep your no-obligation review, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH. We'll be back after these messages.